You're listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast. You're listening to episode 452, and I'm your co-host, Brittany Martin. And I'm your co-host, Gemma Israff. Hey, Gemma, how was your holidays? Hi, thank you. It was great. It was really nice. I feel very rested and rejuvenated and ready for 2023. I was glad for the break. How about you? It was amazing. I did some coding, but it was coding for fun on a side project. I didn't think about work at all. I really disengaged, spent a lot of time with family and friends. I did a really cool project on my desk. I have this really banged up like desk from Craigslist. So I ended up wallpapering it and pouring like an epoxy resin on it. It took days to harden up. But, you know, now that I have it, it's just like a very inviting space now to work from. And I highly recommend upcycling something that you have in your house. You know, instead of getting rid of it and replacing it, is there an opportunity to be a little crafty with it? Had you done something like that before? I had a long time ago, about 15 years ago, I upcycled a Ikea dining room table. But I feel like resin and all of that stuff has come so far. I remember last time there were a bunch of bubbles in the resin and I was using like a lighter to try to pop those bubbles, which seems like dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) This was much easier to do. And I'm just really happy with the results. And the irony is that I had you and Emily on a episode. Oh, God, this must have been like two years ago where we talked about how we kill all of our plants. <laughs> I've recently gotten into plants. So like I'm keeping oh, them nice. alive. Like it's nice, nice having this like little garden in the house. I'm just trying to find things that are outside of programming and outside of work to really get into. Latch on to. Yeah. And honestly, it was a big treat to be able to work out in the middle of the day on break. I know that's really silly, but because of working, I often have to work out at like 5 or 6 a.m. in the morning. So being able to meander into a workout at noon was, was a real treat. <laughs> Easier way into it. That's very funny. Is the side project that you were working on still the same one that was inspired by RailSass? It sure is. So I'm still working on it. I'm not ready to talk about it yet, but it is coming along and it is something that's near and dear to my heart. So I'll definitely share some details in the next upcoming weeks. Just trying to build up the same excitement for listeners that I have for when you are ready to share a bit more about it. That's actually a really good segue. Around this time last year, of course, we recorded an episode around resolutions and I'm curious, Gemma, do you have any resolutions going into 2023 after reflecting on what a busy and crazy 2022 you had? I know. I was thinking that we did do this episode. Do you want to first reflect on the last year's ones that we were talking about? I don't even remember what we did last year. (laughs) (laughs) I meant to listen to the episode before we recorded this one. So let's just say that we did an excellent job. They were all completed, you know? (laughs) So we will link that episode in the show notes if anybody Uh, wants to fact check us. (laughs) I definitely, this is maybe selfish. I can remember my two that I said on the podcast. Okay, hit me. What was it? I can't remember yours. My non-work related one was I wanted to get better at stretching. Oh yeah, that's right. Do you remember this? I sure do. Which I'm pleased to report. I'm not at a split yet, but I'm definitely a lot closer than I was a year ago. Okay. Good one. And my work one was I wanted to get more comfortable in the C Ruby code base. Which, and you which shipped I object shapes. Yeah, so yeah, I, mean, I feel like I did. So I felt like I was, yeah. On the two I shared on the podcast, I feel like they went okay in the end. That was good. 
So I know how you handled the second resolution, obviously, with working at Shopify and the code that you committed into 3.2. But how did you stay accountable in the stretching? Yeah, I built it much more into a habit. So I did it four or five times a week and just kept myself to it. I would like said it was something important to me. Usually I would just, if I run or work out or whatever, would do it without stretching. And still sometimes if I'm in a rush, I'll do it without stretching. But most of the time I'm like, this is something just like a shower that I need to set time aside for and will do. So that's a good one. I had a year where I wanted to increase my plank. So during stand up in office... Other people would plank with me during stand-up. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I don't know if I could focus on those two things together. But now I realize doing that from work from home would really not work out, would it? (laughs) (laughs) But I just be calling up to your computer, be like, I'm still here. I'm still in a plank. You can't see me. The flip side is work from home. It's a lot easier to, I don't know, on a coffee break or something, just get down and plank. Totally agreed. So any resolutions that you're noodling over for this year then? Yeah, I think a work one that I'm thinking about is how to think about enabling other teams to contribute to Ruby more and to really feel invested in that. I think something huge that came out of 3.2 and Toby, the Shopify CEO, was tweeting about this was there was like a 10% speed up in Shopify's storefront renderer due to YJIT, which is a huge speed up and a huge lever of control that the YJIT team at Shopify had. And so I think for me, that's a very clear like, oh, if you could see a 10% speed up in your apps, like most companies would dedicate a team to that or something like that, right? If you can see a little speed up where you need or new features where you need, it seems like something that companies should be putting teams towards. So how can I help enable and talk with and work with other teams looking to do similar things? I love that. And correct me if I'm wrong, Gemma, like a lot of the work around Ruby 3 by 3 was realized, but a lot of times there was always the caveat, yes, this will speed up Ruby, but if you're using Ruby in a Ruby on Rails application, you might not see a speed up. I saw that over and over again. So the fact that the speed up from YJIT actually does immediately affect Rails applications right from the get-go, I think is just such a huge win. Yeah, a huge, huge win. And I agree, the 3 by 3 speed up, a lot of it seemed a little hand-wavy, whereas here it's, yeah, pretty concrete speed ups that folks are seeing across the board. And that's a real testament, I think, to the YJIT team's work. They've been benchmarking it the whole way. You can see on speed.yjit.org exactly how those benchmarks have been looking the whole way. And as they've been developing it, they've really been paying a lot of attention to those. Now, can you remind me, we have upgraded to 3.1. We haven't jumped to 3.2 yet. Do you need to do any configuration in order to immediately take advantage of YJIT? Is it the default now or is that still in progress of having more applications tested out and have YJIT become the standard? Yeah, so you still need to toggle it on. And I'm sure the YJIT team will if they haven't already put out blog posts or articles about how to do that and we can get them linked in the show notes. It is now though officially production ready, which it wasn't in 3.1. In 3.1, I think it was labeled as experimental still or something like that. Whereas now it's like, it's not an experimental feature. It's a very real, very clearly widely used just because it's now used in this Shopify thing, which serves every Shopify store very widely used feature already. Okay, that's awesome. 
Is your team planning to upgrade to three two soon? I think so. After an upgrade comes out, we usually give it like a couple weeks or months. But the fact that there was such a speed up for three two makes it really easy for me to convince our product team that we need to get it onto the roadmap to upgrade to three two. Because like I said before, it hasn't been wildly compelling to upgrade to newer Ruby versions without getting a speed up or something that I can show in a chart to non-technical stakeholders to justify that time. I've always believed that you should be upgrading your Ruby and Rails versions in isolation just to make sure. We had some problems when we jumped from Ruby 2 to Ruby 3. Just some very nuanced things that were not caught in our test suite. We ended up having to roll back. So I I definitely want to stay on top of it. But again, the speed ups are really going to help justify that. That's by the way. Yeah, that's that's also a huge statement to hear. I think that there's a clear case you can see to make to external stakeholders to upgrade. I think because usually it's seen as kind of an afterthought work or I don't know, there'll be companies on Ruby versions way far back, but it's like making each version more compelling than the past is a really positive direction to keep going in and incentivizing teams to stay on the latest version is also a really positive thing. And I have to say it too, there are brand names like Shopify, GitHub, Gusto that will be like aggressive about upgrading to the newest Ruby versions. And, you know, my non-technical stakeholders know those names. Right. So they know that they're handling traffic at scale. So it makes it a lot easier for me to be like, hey, these teams did it. We can do it too. We can do it. Yeah. We're at a different scale. Yeah. That makes Mm -hmm. a lot of sense. This episode is brought to you by Honey Badger. Did you know that Honey Badger status pages now come with incident management? As an engineering manager on a team who recently implemented an incident management process, I was super excited to hear this. Build confidence with a public status page that shows your live service status and incident history. The ability to bring your own domain is key here. Transparency inspires trust. When your next outage happens, communication is going to be key. Alert your users of issues early and keep them updated as each incident unfolds with incident management. Plus, if you have scheduled maintenance, you can keep your users informed as your team works through the window. Head on over to honeybadger.io to learn more. What are some of your New Year's resolutions? So I have an overall resolution that I believe is just going to apply to every aspect of my life, which sounds really ridiculous, but I'll break it down for you. I have this notorious habit of brute forcing things. If it's a square peg and a round hole, I will shove it until it fits Gemma. Like It's just the way I do things. It's the way I work out. It's the way that I work. It's the way that I write code. I'm going into 2023 with the theme of finesse, just (laughs) trying to finesse things, have a little bit more agility. I heard this really great thing the other day. They were like, I know we talk about hot girl summer all the time, but what about soft girl season? And I like, I really loved that. Like just try to be very present and try to be very thoughtful about the decisions that I'm making and making sure that when I do something, I do it right instead of trying to brute force it and move on to the next thing. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That does make sense. That sounds like something that for me, it would be really hard to keep myself accountable to. How are you thinking about that side of things? Yeah, I can give you like two examples. I'll give you like a fitness one and then like a work one. As the listeners are very aware at this point, like I love to do CrossFit and one of the movements (laughs) in CrossFit is double unders. And essentially that is, you know, jumping and turning the rope twice. 
And I did a workout a couple of weeks ago where double unders were part of the workout. And I just absolutely brutalized them, Gemma. I looked crazy doing them. I expended way too much energy. Mm-hmm. And my coach came over and he just kind of waved his hand over me. And he was like, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> right. Like, and he's like, I'm concerned that you don't have the jump mechanics, that you can't do a single under effectively and in a calm manner. What I did today in the workout is I didn't do double unders. Instead, Mm. I doubled the single unders and just did them well with good form and good intention, keeping my heart rate down. So I did the single unders with finesse instead of brute forcing double unders. Mm. So like get back to the basics and figure out those perfectly and the form perfect on that and then advance from there. Exactly. And then around work, Because I have been the singular engineering manager for a while, I tend to make a lot of decisions unilaterally. Those decisions are not well documented. What I want to do in 2023 is just have a lot more process around what I'm doing. So that way others can follow. And I have a lot more finesse in terms of like, this is how I make decisions. You can see my decision tree so that others can follow along and help me make those decisions as well. I feel like a lot of times... Tickets come in. I treat them like emergencies. I brute force a solution in order to close that ticket right away. And instead, I need to step back and say, hey, this seems to be happening a lot. Maybe we need to step back and really think of a holistic solution. These emergencies don't keep coming up. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like positive transparency, too. I'm sure Mm -hmm. the folks who work with you will appreciate a little more visibility into your decision making. I have a question for you moving from resolutions. Congratulations again for, you know, object shapes, thank shipping in Ruby you. 3 too. Thanks so much. Yeah. <laughs> what is next for you this year, Gemma? Like, what do you focus on from here? Yeah. So a project that I'm really, really excited to jump on board on is the rewrite of the parser that Kevin Newton is driving. So he started on that a few months ago now. I don't know exactly how long ago. He's been wanting to do it for a while. Now that object shapes is wrapped up. I still want to write a few blog posts and things like that about object shapes. And once that all finishes, yeah, I'll hop on the parser rewrite. What if someone has an issue around object shapes? How would that triage process work? Would it automatically go to you and Aaron if someone wants to add a commit into object shapes? Are you now the maintainer of that feature? Can you explain that to me? Yeah, I think there are some features in the Ruby code base where there are folks like responsible for them or if there are issues that come up, they'll deal with that. I think object shapes will work in a similar way where I'm sure if there's a bug that's object shapes related, it'll come my way in terms of folks committing to that code. There are people who do it and will ask for reviews. So for instance, some of the VWA work had to touch some of the shapes work towards the end of last year. And they'll ask Aaron or myself to review their code, which seems like a positive process. And I would imagine for the next little while, at least if folks are touching that code, they'll just ask for a review in that same manner. Gotcha. And is Kevin on the CRuby team or is he actually crossing over from another team in order to collaborate with you? Yeah. So he was on the Widget team. He's been on the CRuby team since he was doing the parser work and more focused on that. And yeah, he's really driving that and I'm excited to jump on with him. 
I have so many questions. So I'm assuming that there is a proposal for the new parser. I know that Kevin's been on a conference tour, like talking about it. So <laughs> it's very much not like a surprise feature, but I mean, it seems like an epic amount of work. How does that work in terms of, I'm going to say it, parsing out the work, <laughs> you know, how are you supporting Kevin? Because I'm assuming that he is like the architect on the project. Is that fair? Yeah. Yes, very fair. It does seem like an epic amount of work. And I think something he's already done really, really well is bringing Ruby Core on board. I know he had a meeting with them a couple of weeks ago now before the holidays, just showing them his work in progress so far and getting alignment on the direction he's going in. In terms of how he's thinking about it, bigger picture. So I'm about to hop in with him actually starting today. So I don't have that context yet, but I'm excited to talk about it next time we record. Well, I'm going to have a question for you once we record again, and maybe you know it right now, but I would assume that a parser is a big deal and that's not a minor version of Ruby. Are we looking at a Ruby 4 for a new parser? Oh, I don't know about that. I think a goal of the parser replacement is that it's kind of a plug and play, right? That end users would see only positive benefits, but know like, oh, the old parser used to do this and now we don't have this thing. I think in that way, it's similar to some existing features where it's, yeah, trying not to lose any functionality and definitely trying to be backwards compatible. So I think that all should be plug and play in terms of, I think 3.3 is coming next, but I'm not positive. One interesting thing, though, that folks have been talking about is the release date and potentially finagling that a little bit. There are definitely conversations buzzing around that. No more Christmas Day? In favor of no more Christmas Day is a tough release date because it is folks a tough aren't day. <laughs> working. I don't know the history on this, but I would guess it was derived because when Ruby was more of a hobby project, right? It was like, oh, people were working on their vacation on Ruby. But now that it's not that, it's just a lot of our team isn't working on Christmas, as a lot of many teams aren't. And so even then, when people get Ruby 3.2, this is the first week I feel like people are actually looking, poking around at it. So it doesn't really make sense for a release date. Yeah, to me. Yeah, we're lucky in the fact that one of our co-hosts is a Ruby archaeologist. So we're going to have to ask Nick to dig into where that decision came from. Because I agree, it feels like a tradition that Ruby has always had. But as Ruby becomes more enterprise and used by more companies and whatnot, like does a Christmas release date really make sense? And I mean, even things like Ruby Weekly takes that week off. So you're not even getting the coverage for our new Ruby version. Yeah, no, exactly. It is this year, though, I think 30 years of Ruby. That's which insane. Is, which That's is just so cool. cool. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. Big birthday for Ruby. This episode is sponsored by JetBrains RubyMine. RubyMine is an intelligent cross-platform IDE that provides all essential tools for Ruby and Ruby on Rails developers out of the box. It offers smart code completion and analysis, easy code navigation, safe automated refactorings, an interactive debugger, Git workflow support, database integration, and many other tools. All tools are integrated together in a highly customizable, productive, user-friendly environment. To get a special 20% discount for the listeners of the Ruby on Rails podcast, just enter the discount code RAILSPODCAST during the purchase. You can apply this discount to JetBrains All Products Pack and use IDEs of your choice. Link will be in the show notes. Thanks to JetBrains for sponsoring the show. How is the new year starting off with Texas? Are there any changes coming down the pike? Oh, yes, for sure. Now that our CTO, who I've had on the show before, has like gotten his footing, 
we're making a lot of changes within the team. So currently I manage 11 feature developers. I have three feature developers starting next week, including a junior developer. So if you listen to episode 451, I did hire that junior developer. I'm very excited for her to join the team. But that means that I have 14 reports, Whoa. which is a lot. So, <laughs> And one thing that we've always done at Texas is it's been one engineering team, but we're too big for that now. So we are dividing up into squads and I will be managing two of them and we will be hiring another engineering manager in to manage the third squad. We introduced those changes to the team yesterday and everyone seems to be pretty happy with it so far. It is going to be a big process change for us that engineers will own certain features of the application. So curious, Gemma, like I know you're on a team now, like does that make things so much easier in terms of delegating work and knowing who's responsible for what? It's going to be hard at first just because right now all of my developers are generalists. So to have like really niche knowledge about certain features is going to be a a big change. What was their gut reaction when you spoke with them about it yesterday? I think relief just because they could be assigned a bug in any portion of the application. And it's very likely that they've never looked at that portion of the application Mm. before. I think they want that camaraderie within the squads. So I think that will be good. A little bit of fear, though, because like I'm splitting up people who work together all the time into different teams on purpose because I want that knowledge share. I'm a little nervous just because the engineering team currently operates in a very specific way. And what I think is going to happen is that these teams are going to evolve to be different. And I could see myself now right now, the teams are just colors, but I could see myself being like, well, blue team doesn't do it that way, but green team does. And I don't know if that's a positive thing. Is it good that like teams take on their own characteristics? Is that a good thing? Or should everybody within the engineering team operate the same way? Yeah, probably a little bit of both. There's a little that you definitely want standardized, but with room to acknowledge that the teams are comprised of different humans and they have different working styles and different ways of working together. But in terms of stuff that has to do with knowledge sharing or like ease of access between the teams, I think standardizing that part probably makes sense. How are you thinking about, are you reading about processes there or things? or how? I am. I am. I've been trying to read more engineering management books. Listeners, if you have any recommendations, like please tweet at me or now I'm on Mastodon, which is a thing. Gemma, have you crossed over yet? I haven't yet. I need to. (laughs) I've just been terrible at social media. Oh, social media is terrible in general, but it is the one way that I can stay connected with the listeners, which I love. But if anyone else has a suggestion on that one as well, I deleted my Facebook and Instagram a long time ago, and that has been wonderful. But it's a shame that Twitter has just become... A dumpster fire. What is what it is. Yeah. yeah. It is definitely a shame. But yeah, I'm sure listeners have thoughts on management philosophies or books or resources or things like that. It is going to be weird hiring another engineering manager because I'm coming up on a year since I've been promoted into this role. And so I've really had to like figure it out what an engineering manager means to me and at this team. And I'm not sure that that is standardized at other companies. I feel like it's different everywhere you go. And so the idea of hiring a position that you're currently holding is not something really I'm familiar with because Mm. even when I was an IC, I was involved in the hiring process, but usually not for somebody who was at my level. So that will be interesting in itself. And 
it was a little weird. We do these things called intake meetings where we talk about what the ideal candidate is. And so I was in that intake meeting and it's a little weird because they're talking about finding somebody who you know, has a strength where I might have a weakness. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't be in this meeting. <laughs> like, I want people to talk freely about my weaknesses and not feel that because I'm present that they can't talk about them. Because trust me, listeners, I have weaknesses and I need somebody. I need the yin to my yang that will help balance me out. Yeah, I feel like it's a great culture, though, where they can speak about your weaknesses open and freely in front of you. I feel like that speaks wonders about you and them as well. I agree. Anything else that you are just like looking forward to this year or just across the board? Any sort of guests or episodes that you want to do this year would be good to know. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really looking forward to some more conferences and seeing more of the smaller conferences pop up like we've been discussing and also some more work with WMB.RB as well. I think those are the two other things that I'm pretty excited about this upcoming year. I agree. I want to be really strategic about the conferences that I go to. I think I did four or five last year, which was a lot for me. Mm -hmm. I got something out of each of them, but I do want to be really cognizant about the conferences that I choose. I'm still glad that they're doing at-home options so that I can still be involved. I'm actually co-hosting a panel at the RubyConf at Home conference. We're doing a Hanami panel which I think is awesome. So we have the three core contributors of Hanami. We're going to have them on and interviewing them. So, you know, as the co-host of the Ruby on Rails podcast, I am very aware that there are other web frameworks for Ruby. And so I'm excited to have that because I think it's so important that we talk about that as well. Yeah, the Hanami edition. I like it a lot. Exactly. Awesome. Well, Gemma, it is always so great to catch up. I'm excited to hear all the things that come out of your parser work. And we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on, as always. You've been listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded to stay in the loop on Ruby on Rails and open source software. While you're at it, please leave us a review. And thank you for listening. <laughs>